0: You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Would you look around you to your right? Look to your left. Look in front of you. Look behind you. You're going to find out who all the smart people are today. That's right, yes. That's right. You're the people that set your clocks forward. And uh, so on your way out, you're going to see some people coming in that you normally see at this service. Don't say anything, you just know, right? You just know. It is so good to see you today. Man, we're so excited that you're here uh, this morning. It's going to be a a good day. Uh, I want to talk to you today about, uh, we're going to talk about how to grow uh, this morning in God's character. But before I do that, I want to ask you this question. How many of you, when you were growing up, you said, you know, I want to be like, and you would answer that question, you have like a, uh, maybe a cartoon character, not a cartoon character, but like a superhero or something, maybe it was a cartoon character, I don't know, Uh, a superhero or someone like that. How many, how many of you ever like maybe thought about that, right? So what I want to give you a chance to do, for those who didn't raise your hands, is on the count of three, I'm going to say, When I grow up, I want to be like, and I want you to shout out whoever it was. You ready? Now don't leave me hanging like the first service did, all right? That's right, they did that. Okay, you ready? One, two, three. Oh, wait a minute, wait. I didn't say that. I didn't say I want to be like one, two, three, Superman. Okay. I got all of that, right? Well, for me it was Superman. I wanted to be like. I'll tell you why it wasn't because he could fly and all that stuff it was because it was so cool he went from a nerd and in 30 seconds if he could find the phone booth in 30 seconds that Joker went from a nerd to a hero right I mean he went from you know Clark Kent to Superman Yeah, it's like just amazing that change that change in 30 seconds was amazing and so today uh, as we begin to talk about <clears throat> changing and saying I, uh, saying, I will to grow in God's character, I want to tell you that the first thing I want you to understand is that every time that you want to grow, you have to make a commitment. You see, you make commitments and then you grow to commitments. You're never ready for a new commitment. You understand that? You're never, it's like, okay, I got this now, you know, I'm ready. No, no, no. You make a commitment, then you grow to the commitment. And so there's one word that, that describes what, grow, what it means to grow, right? Because we all think, okay, well, I want to grow intellectually, spiritually, so forth. So here it is. I want you to read this statement that's coming up with me. You ready? Let's read this together. Let's read it. To grow means to... Let's read it one more time. you ready? To grow means to... To change... In other words, to grow, in order to get better at something, I have to change. That means change happens. It happens. Matter of fact, I want to show you what change looks like uh, in the real world, you know, so that we know that we're growing and change. So watch this quick video right here. Watch this. we just watched about 25 years of somebody's life right there but to, to, but you see in order in order for that person to grow they changed now I'm going to be honest with you we decided to cut that off at about 25 because they did another one that we watched beforehand and it was like the person went to about 80 from a baby to 80 that was depressing to me I mean like <laughs> dang I said, we ain't showing that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I made him redo it, redo the video, because I was like, uh-uh. So the change means to grow. Now listen, Jesus, Jesus knew this. I, that's why I love the Bible so much. I love God. I love Jesus for this reason. It's that He wants you to get better. Your opportunity for a better life comes through growth. And that means change. Something's gonna change. Listen. And so Jesus begins to tell us about this. And I want to I tell you today the secret that he reveals. And it's found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7. Jesus begins to tell us this thing. Look what he says. I hope you have your pen ready because I want to just circle a couple words. He says, therefore, would you read these next three words with me? You ready? Everyone who hears, would you circle that? Everyone who hears. Everyone who hears these words of mine, now notice this next statement, and puts them into what? Is like a who? Like a wise man. I want you to circle that. Puts them into practice like a wise man. Now notice this. A wise man who built his house on the rock. So notice we said, everyone who hears these words of mine, puts them into practice, is like a what? Wise man who built his house on the rock. Okay, now here we go. The rains came, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not what? Did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the on the rock. That's right. Now watch this. Here we go again. Starts off the same. But everyone who what? Okay, why don't you want you to with this, but everyone who hears, there's that statement again, okay? He says it again. These words of mine, same statement again. And here it go. here's a key phrase right there. Just watch this. Does not put them into practices like a what? Won't you circle that? Does not put them into practice like a foolish man who built his house on the what? Sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it, di- yet it fell with a great crash. Okay, here it is. Jesus has said, okay, I gotta, Jesus is teaching us something here. He says, what I want you to understand is there is a big chasm, a big divide. There's a divide between what you hear and what you do. Many times people like you and myself, because we hear something over and over, we hear it multiple times, we think because we heard that, we know that. And say so we say, so many times people begin to tell us something, we like, no, I know, I know, I know. But Jesus says, no, 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 you don't know just because you hear, you know when you put it into practice. See that? Okay, you got to get that. Because if you don't get this, then you're going to miss out. You're, this thing of faith is not going to work out for you. Christianity is not going to work out for you. Look at that. Jesus said that when you, there's a, there's a divide between Hearing and doing. And when you move from hearing to doing, that's when you actually know it. Just hearing it does not mean that you know it. Many people say, I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, if you're not doing it, you don't know. Now, I have a statement that's coming up here. I have it on your outline, and I have it on the screen because I believe that this statement is so true, and it will help you have understand that you can move from hearing to doing. Watch what it says. Let's read it together. You ready? Hearing God's word will challenge my life, but only practicing God's word will? Boom. There it is. Mm. Why don't you you take your pen out? Why Why don't you circle this? Why don't you circle this? Hearing God's word will challenge my life. Why don't you circle that? Challenge my life, and then only practicing God's Word will change my life, okay? Because that's the difference. And, and I'm going to tell you, that, that's frustrating. Okay, look at me. I want to talk to you just a minute as your pastor who loves you, okay? Remember that. I love you. I'm your friend. My name's Jeff. I'm your friend. That's right. I want to tell you, I hear people, and you've heard it too, and maybe you feel this way. I've tried the church thing before. I've tried the prayer thing before, and you know nothing helped me. It didn't help me. Here's what I'm tell you: those people who say that are the people who heard God's word and were challenged. You know what they begin to say to themselves? They begin to say, "I ought to get better. I ought to do better as a husband. I ought to do better as a wife. I ought to do better as a parent. I ought to do better as a friend. I ought to do better with my finances." They, they, they said, they heard and they said, I ought to, right? But the people, the people who have changed, and so that's the disappointed people, the people who heard and said, it sounds good, yeah, I ought to do that, but they don't do that, and then they get disappointed in life. They think just because they heard it that they got it, but they didn't get it until they put it into practice. And so Jesus said, only, the, so Jesus is basically saying, only those who practice God's word have a changed life. Remember what we said to grow. What is What does grow mean? To change, right? To grow means to what? Change. change. So in the only way that you're ever going to change is that you got to change what you practice, right? Not what you hear. People think that just because I start hearing something different, then that makes me different. No, 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 no. you got to hear it, but you got to move from hearing to doing to put it into practice. And so this morning, I want to give you four things. That growing Christians practice, put into practice. And what I want to say to you is this, is before I go any further, I know there may be many of you here that are, that are actually not Christ followers, you're non-believers, you know, you're not following Jesus. And what I want to say to you is this, is that people that you, that you admire secretly, that are, that are Christ followers, that are doing good, that you secretly stand off and say, you know what, if I could really be like that, I'd want to do it. Here's the four things they practice. So when you cross the line, we believe that one day you're going to cross that line and become a Christ follower. Here's the thing that you're going to know to do to get to that point, okay? So the first thing is this. You Ready? Would you write this down? That is attend church regularly. Attend church regularly. That is the first thing that growing Christians do. Look what the Bible says. And let us consider how we may spur one another on. You might want to circle that statement, because that's what Christians do, spur one another on. Toward love and good deeds. Okay, Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but here's another great statement. You ready? Uh, These next four words, why don't we read them together? You ready? But encourage one another. Why don't you circle that statement, but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, what day is he talking about? He's talking about the return of Jesus, which we see that more and more, how that, you know, that we believe his return is, is, uh, is very soon. We believe that because of the bad things that are happening in the world. And here's what I want to tell you. The why, why would you come to church? What, what is your first responsibility when you come to church? The first responsibility of you is that when you come around God's people is this, is that you encourage someone. You know how you do that? Sometimes when you shake someone's hand, it is an encouragement that they need. Sometimes when you just acknowledge it, when you're walking by, you know, like in the south, we go, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, you ever try that in the north? It doesn't work. You ever done that? Like, I mean, I've been in New York and I'm walking down the sidewalk and I'm like, how you doing? No, it's like in New York, it's like, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? doing?" (laughs) There's so many people. It's like, (laughs) yeah, it's the truth. But I'm a gentleman, right? I was raised in the South. We speak to everybody. How you doing? And so, so what I'd <laughs> lost my train of thought. But anyways. <laughs> but we encourage it. So sometimes when you do the head dot, whatever, when you acknowledge someone, it's a, it's a scientific fact that when people smile at you, acknowledge you, acknowledge you, shake your hand or whatever, it all of a sudden takes the endorphin level up in your brain, the chemistry in your brain goes up, and it begins to make you feel better. Okay? It's a fact. So when you come into God's house, your responsibility is to encourage people, you know, by a handshake, a nod, whatever it is, that you acknowledge people, then all of a sudden, guess what? They begin to feel better. Here's the other thing that church does, is that you not only encourage, but you get encouraged. That's what church is all about. You know, is that you encourage, we come together, and, and, and our purpose of getting together. is Yes, we worship God, but I'm saying this is the other part of that that you don't see, is that we encourage others, and when you encourage others by, by a nod, a shake, how you doing, you know, just acknowledging people, then guess what? When you encourage, you automatically get encouraged yourself. Encouraging people are encouraged people. Did you hear that? If you listen, if you're struggling like with, with being down all the time, I would tell you that there's something that you can do, and that is that you can become an encourager, and once you begin to encourage people, then guess what? You get encouraged. Isn't that amazing? And so that's what we do. And the SEC, we said this, it's very, very critical for, for our church to do this. Here's what we want you to know is that we ask you to have many conversations. M-I-N-I, not not a lot of conversations, but many conversations, small conversations with people, especially those that are of the younger generation. We want you to have that. We want you to reach back. We refuse to leave the next generation behind, and the way that we do that is that when we talk to the younger generation, when you have a mini conversation with a person that's younger than you, guess what? You're encouraging that person. And you're encouraging, you're saying, hey, what you're doing is good. And we've learned at our church, it's better to encourage the, what's going on that's good than to complain about the bad. Did you hear that? We can nag all day about what they're not doing right, right? And that doesn't change the thing. But we encourage the good. And let me just tell you something. I don't care how bad they've been, but when, when someone of the younger generation walks into this church, the fact that they walked in this church, hallelujah. Amen. I don't care what they've done, what they've been. And, you know, some of you parents walk in, and, and, and we'll see your children. There's other of us that will say, you know, you're such a nice person. You go, well, you wouldn't have said that last week. Don't say that. We, we, just, we just helped you transition from last week to now starting another week. This is the first day of the week. Hallelujah. You're starting a new week. Maybe they're gonna, this is going to be the week they get it, and they never do it again. Don't pull last week back into this week. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, walk by. Man, you're awesome. Boy, it's so great to have your kids with, you know. They're so great. Well, you should have seen. No, no, don't do that. Okay, never mind. So we want to remember that. You know, we want to bring, and here's, a listen, uh, one other thing. If you want your children to attend church when they get older, you can't just drop them off. At church when they're younger. Oh boy. Getting up close right now, aren't I? <laughs> Getting real in your face here. But what I'm to tell you is is that when you come with them, it touches them and makes them want to come when they're older. Now you say, oh, Pastor, you know, I wish I would have heard this 40 years ago. Well, listen, let me tell you something. You're responsible for what you know now. Don't feel guilty. But here's the thing if you got grandkids, you know what? Here, start with them. Start with whoever you can and bring them down. Statistics show that when, when, stud- when students attend church with their family, you know, like in a room like this, if they're just in the room with them, after the age of about 11 and 12, after that age, if they're in the room with their parents, if they come with their parents, then they more likely will continue as a, when they become adults. That's why when our kids get to be uh, middle school age, we do not have a special service for them on Sunday morning. We want them in the room with mom and dad. Why? Because they're going to continue to come because you're setting an example. So I have, a, I have a next step for you on your outline, on, on your connection card, actually. It says this. It says, I will make church a family priority. Would you, would you just check that box that you'll do your best to do that? I'll make church a family priority. Okay. The second thing that growing Christians practice, all right, remember what Jesus said? Remember, he said, you got to move off the beach. You can't, beach is a good time to vacation, but you cannot live on the beach because that sand, that sinking sand, your house will not stand, it will fall. So you got to move on the rock. So we're going to start practicing this. So the second thing we practice to move off of the sinking sand onto the solid rock is pray daily. Would you write that down? Pray daily. Notice this. Notice this verse. I want you to notice these first three words. Let's read them out loud. You ready? Matthew 6, Here's what it says. You ready? But seek Okay. Would you circle seek first? Not last, but seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What Jesus was saying that, listen, he's saying this, listen, to move from hearing to doing, to practicing, to getting better, for your life getting better, all your hopes, and so so God doesn't disappoint you. Here it is. He's saying you've got to learn to pray. Pray first, pray first, pray first. Here's what we've learned at SEC. Here's a saying that we've discovered at SEC. You ready? Here it is. It's coming up. Let's read it together. You ready? A prayer-filled mind is a... Boom, there it is. Those of you that are so stressed out, you're so worried, you're eating up with anxiety. Here, that's the answer. Jesus said, first, first, first. He said, listen, you're going you to like, you know, I go to church, I, read, I believe the Bible, I believe in God, but I'm still so eat up with worry and stress, and I'm always just stressed out. Here's what he's, he's saying. Listen, you've got to put into practice. What do you put into practice? You put prayer into practice first. And for many of us, that means that we got to pray all day, right? I mean, there's so much stuff coming our way, and we're so we're so used to worrying. We got to pray all day. So, a prayer-filled mind is a what? A peaceful life. life. So, here's the deal: What are you going to choose? What are you going to choose? Are you going to choose stress? Are you going to choose worry? Are you going to choose prayer? Jesus said, that's it. That's the difference between moving from hearing, because you're hearing it right now. You hear me say it. And many of you have heard it many times before, so you're saying, I know, I know, but yet you're still eating up with worry. And what I'm saying is you've got to move from hearing to doing, and that means you've got to change your habits, and you've got to say, hey, no, I'm going to pray. And that means that, listen, when things are not going your way, you pray. In the morning time, you pray. When traffic is horrible, you pray. Amen, you pray. Hallelujah, you pray. God, don't let me run over anybody. You know what I'm saying? And when life is not when marriage is not going well, you pray. When when being a parent is not so well, you pray. When being a college student is not so well, you pray. When being a high school student is not so well, you pray. You pray, you pray. And so that means that you just keep praying. God, I know you're there. I know you're going to get me through. I believe that you're going to help me, God. I'm looking to you always. It looks bad right now, God. But I know you're able. I'm trusting you that you're going to change this, God. You're to God, you're able, you're strong, you're mighty, you're, you're all in all. I'm going to talk to you, God. See, oh, you say, well, Jeff, that's crazy talking to God like that all day. Well, quit talking to yourself like that all day. <laughs> what am I going to do? What am I to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. This all the time I'm talking to yourself. Oh, it's bad. It's horrible. It's horrible. And you just eating. You depressing yourself. If you'll quit talking to you so much and you'll start talking to God more, then you'll get over, over it and better. Whew, hallelujah. I'm about to spit on myself right there saying that. <laughs> Just glad it came out of my mouth and not my nose. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So what, So I want to tell you. So here, what do we do? So when we pray, pray, all of a sudden hope comes in. And, and so we said that we want to have hope-filled, uh, hope-filled homes as well. Remember, a prayer-filled life is a peace-filled mind, but a, a home, a prayer-filled home is a peace-filled home. So here's what we do. You ready? We want to have a, a hope in our homes. And would you fill this in? And what does that stand for? It stands for a home of prayer every day. Would you write that down? Home of prayer every day. If you want to have a home of peace, you have to have a home of prayer Home of prayer every day. I'm going to let you write that down and look at me because I want to talk to you because I love you. I'm your pastor. This is this. That means that we got to circle the wagons at home and we got to join hands and we got to pray together. That means that I'm challenging you, if you want peace in your home, you've got to pray. You say, well, you know, there's no peace in my home. Well, listen, if you're mad at each other, then you can still circle up and pray. You say, well, I don't know what to say. Well, I'll tell you what to say. Jesus told us exactly what to say, is that you say the Lord's Prayer. That's why on your outline right now, there's Matthew 6, and it starts at verse number 9. And it goes through about verse number 13. There is the Lord's Prayer. You pray the Lord's Prayer. So you circle the wagons and you pray together. Why? Because, listen, we know, right, we know. Finish this statement with me. You ready? The family that prays together. Oh, we know. See, we said we know that, right? So if I say, okay, the family that prays together, you say, yeah, I've heard that. I know that. No, you don't know that until you're doing it. Have you circled the wagons lately? I mean, when's the last time at your home you gathered together and you told, held hands and you said, we're going to pray together. I mean, listen, man, we say every day you circle those wagons and you say, we're going to pray together. If we don't do anything else before we eat, before we leave, or before we go to bed, we're going to pray together. You can be mad at me if you want to. That's okay. But we're still going to pray together. And when you pray together, guess what? A prayer-filled home is a peace-filled home. I know there's only half of you that's with me now. See, it's moving, it's moving, it's moving. Why? To change, uh, to grow means what? To, to grow means what? So you've got to do something different than you're doing right now. And God gives us these things that you don't be disappointed. Oh, this is so great. Maybe you're not a Christ follower. I want to say this to you. You can never have peace until you know the Prince of Peace. You just can't. You can try everything out there. And today I ask you to cross the line. Pray the prayer to become a Christ follower. There's a prayer inside of your program that you can pray today and you can make that connection with God and become a Christ follower. You don't have to stand on your head. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You don't have to come down here and meet you be over you you can just talk to God the only thing I ask you to do is that you would sign the back of your, check the box on the back of your connection card this is I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower okay number three you ready so the third thing that growing Christians do is they, they go to church they pray daily and number three is they read the Bible you probably got that they read the Bible daily 2 Timothy, look what it says. The whole Bible was given to us by inspiration from Jeff. No. And not you, it was God, okay? Here we go. And it is useful to teach us what is what? What is true. And it makes us realize what is wrong where? So you don't read the Bible to straighten other people out. Do you get that? Some people read the Bible and say, oh, oh, you're doing that? Oh, I know there's something in there about that. You know, that's what we call Bible thumping, right? No, 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 no. You're not to be a Bible thumper. You're to be thumped by the Bible. That's right. Okay. I, I don't have time to go into all that. And notice he said, it straightens us out and helps us to do what is right. Do what is right. Here's what I want to tell you. God's Word is the key to wisdom. And see, everything that you desire, everything you want in your life comes from wisdom. If you get wisdom, you'll get what you desire. Did you hear that? You see, everything that you want in your life comes from wisdom. And so you got to get wisdom. And once you get wisdom, you'll get everything you desire. See, too many people say this. People in the world say this. Oh, you know, the Bible makes you weaker. They're weak-minded people. Oh, no, 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 no. Look at this statement I have for you. Ready? The statement's coming up. Look what it said. Let's read it together. Ready? God's Word does not make me weaker. It makes me wiser, and that makes me stronger. Would you agree with that? Come on, let's read it one more time. Are you ready? God's Word doesn't make me weaker. It makes me wiser, and that makes me stronger. Right? Would you agree that, that more, the wiser that you are... The, the, the more strength that you have, listen, you don't have to keep telling me who I am. I don't have to try to keep figuring out who am I. You know, people say, well, I just don't know who I am. Let me tell you something. The Bible tells me who I am. I don't have to have anybody else tell me who I am. I am a child of God. I'm his child. And I, you know what, I, and, and by his word, I can do anything through Christ. I know. Do you know who you are? Get in God's word. Don't let the world define who you are. Let God tell you who you are. Because they're just making up stuff. They're just guessing. But God tells me who I am. And see, you can't do better, be better till you know better, right? So remember, Jesus said, you got to hear. He said, everyone who hears these words of mine, you got to hear it first, and then you put it into practice, and it changes things. That's why you read the Bible. You know, you know I get up early in the morning, every morning early, and I read the Bible. I read it for me. I don't, listen, I don't read it for you. I just, I'm sorry. I, I love you, but I don't read it for you. I read it for me. I study for you. I study. God gives me thoughts about helping you and helping me. And by the way, if it don't help me, I ain't sharing it with you. Everything I'm telling you is helping me. I'm getting better. Hey, I decided I'm going to change. I'm going to get better. I decided that you deserve a better pastor, so I decided I'm going to get better. I decided that Rhonda Rhonda needs a better husband, so I decided I'm going to get better. I decided my children need a better father, so I decided I'm going to get better. What's your decision? Man, I'm going to get better. And God's Word makes me wiser. And so look what the Bible says in Proverbs ten twenty one: The lips of the righteous do what? Feed many. But fools die for lack of what? Die for lack of wisdom. You see, let me just tell you something. If you've been raised in a foolish environment your whole life, if you've been raised in a foolish environment... Why do we think that when someone turns 21 that all of a sudden they're going to quit being a foolish? Why do we think that? You see, just getting older doesn't make you wiser. You can be a fool your whole life. Right? Don't you know some people that are foolish the whole life? They're like 70 years old and they're still stupid. Yeah, I'm mean, serious. Come on. You, 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 know, you know what I'm talking about. It's true. I mean, don't look at me like that. He calls somebody, yes, there's some people that have just been stupid their whole life, and they're still stupid. They're going to die stupid. Unless something happens. If you get in God's Word, guess what? He reveals what stupid is. I know some of you are thinking about Forrest Gump right now, aren't you? I know it. I know it. Stupid is and stupid does. I know. I knew And so what I want to tell you is this, listen you got to get in God's Word to get wiser because you can't do better, be better until you know better. And your job as a, as a follower of Christ, listen to this, your job as a follower of Christ is that, see, you start doing better and then everybody around you who has been lived in a foolish environment, they don't know any better, better until they get around you. And the Bible says what your job is, is the lips of the righteous feed many. And that's our job as a church is that we're to feed many. They don't know. They don't. We just assume that they know. They do not know. We have to feed many people because there's too many people. There is too many people that are dying for lack of knowledge. And that's why our church is doing what it's doing. That's why we're expanding our church. Why? Because we've got to make room for more people. Why? That we can feed people the truth that we can get. Our community will not get better until they get wisdom, right? Until they get God's Word. So we have to keep spreading that. Okay. So here's my... Uh, Next step, look what it says. Next step, on the back of your connection card, it says this. It says, I will do my best to read God's Word so I can live by God's wisdom. How about you? Will you check that box? Because you can't get better. And some of you think you're all right, but you see, you're still messing up. You've got to get better through God's Word. It takes you up. We decided that our children at SCC right now would be they would be fed wisdom we decided that our preschool area would be fed wisdom we decided that our students on on sunday evenings will be fed wisdom and we decided that our young adults our 20-somethings will be fed wisdom we decided our 40-somethings will be fed wisdom. We decided our, that our 50-somethings will be fed wisdom. We decided our 70-somethings will be fed wisdom. We decided that we're going to feed wisdom so that the world can change. Amen? Okay, number four. Let me give it to you. So the fourth thing, so we see the first thing is, is that we uh, attend church regularly, pray daily is the second thing, and then we read the Bible, and number four is give generously. Give generously. Look what it says. Second Corinthians 9 and 6. He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give. Now look at this next statement with me. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. That means that you shouldn't be made to feel bad or guilty to give. You should do it out of your heart. For God, let's read this last part, this other line. You ready? God loves a, God loves a cheerful giver. Let me tell you something, when I read the first three, attend church regularly, pray daily, and then I read, uh, read the Bible, When I said read the Bible, you know what, people applauded, inside people applauded that, all over. But it's amazing when I get to giving how that people are appalled by that. How, how, would, how would you say that? Why, why would you say that? Because God teaches us that's His way. You see, many of you are appalled by it because you've never practiced it. But once you practice giving to God and giving to His kingdom, He blesses you in ways that you can't even imagine. And so that's like even now, you know, I never, I, as a pastor, I will never, ever, ever back up from giving you opportunities to bless God's kingdom. Why? Because God knows that when you bless it, He's going to bless you. And I'm going to be robbing you from your blessings. And my job is to help you be blessed and not, not, not the other way. And so like in our initiative that we're doing, and let me just tell you, there's some of you that's new. Our church has grown like 150 people in the last uh, year and a half. And so some of you are new. We started an initiative around here. Uh, Matter of fact, we're going to throw a picture of a building up that you're going to see a completed process. is that We started a year ago raising funds to build what you see behind us. And we believe that we're about two months from construction. We've been raising funds for over a year. We called it our I Will Initiative. And inside of your program, there is, a, there is a card that looks just like this, that we've invited people to get on board with us to give and watch what God will do. And so it's been amazing what God has done in the lives of people. And there's a couple that's about to share their story with you called Wayne and Cheryl Smith. I want you to listen to their story, what they said, and what they're saying that God is doing in their lives. Listen to this. Hey everybody, I, I'm uh, here today with a wonderful couple that's in our SEC family, and, and that is uh, Cheryl and Wayne Smith, and Wayne is known around here as uh, Snuffy, and so um, today they're going to share with us um, uh, their story. They, they began taking the I Will, they took the I Will Initiative challenge, and uh, today they're going to share their story. So uh, Cheryl, Wayne, just just tell us a little bit about your story. Um, like you know, after you made the commitment uh, to take on I will, I know you went through some challenges.
1: Yes, we did. Um, Almost definitely, um, my job moved to Peachtree City, and I was fortunate I was able to take early retirement, so some income was still coming in. It was a little bit short than what I was making, but we felt like we could get by with it. And then why? ended up having two
2: surgeries on his knee.
0: Well, Wayne, what happened? What, what kind of surgery did you have to have?
2: At uh, n- the end of 2015, <clears throat> had meniscus surgery on my right knee, and everything was good. Boom, got to go back to work. First of January, 16, and find out, it started swelling up again, and uh, mm. they didn't get all the tear out of it. Mm. So had to go through the same surgery again. So that's a total within six months, I was at, within seven months, I was out six
0: months. Wow. And mm-hmm. so that all happened after you made the commitment yeah. uh, to the I Will Initiative. Mm-hmm. So, so how, how did you, how did you make it?
1: Well, he did get disability and we had taken financial peace here, so we had our money put back in case of an emergency, and this was definitely an emergency for us. Mm-hmm. And we were able uh, to continue our giving. The first thing, every time we get our money, is to say, okay, 10% off the top and whatever extra we pledge, pledged, that's what we're gonna get.
0: Would you, would you say that there was a moment uh, at SEC that maybe just sort of solidified that with you, like something happened that uh, made your faith grow? Because people don't start out where you are and uh, have this kind of faith. So maybe, what was it, Wayne, maybe with you, what what maybe happened that that made your faith begin to really grow?
2: Well, there were some issues that happened a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I'm not going into detail, but there, and I held a ton of anger in Mm -hmm. until one day Here at the church, you gave a sermon saying that you'll never forget it, but you can forgive it. Mm. So I just said, I'm going to give it up. Mm. Now, do I still think of it? Yeah, but do I ponder on it? No. Wow. And that was several years ago, and uh, it's been a lot better
0: ever since. Why are you giving? I mean, like, you know. you're you're tithing already. Why go above and beyond? Why would you do that?
2: Well, to me, it's just the right thing to do Mm -hmm. because a lot of people aren't going to be able to do what we do Mm -hmm. until they get the knowledge what they need. So.
1: And what I see is that we're growing so by leaps and bounds. I Tawny told me the other day, the first service is almost as big as the 1030 now. People didn't switch. We've got new people coming in. Mm-hmm. We need to accommodate new people. We need room for them. We also have no ability to take care of disabled children at this time. And it's difficult for people that have walking, in, like when he had his leg surgery, to get upstairs and do anything.
0: Mm-hmm. If someone was out there that's on the fence with this, what would you say to them about, about giving?
1: Well, God always says in His Word that He's going to take care of us, and if we give, we'll get twofold back. And we've done that. We, we don't have any issues now with money, and He's grown us so much just in our faith in these last year and a half. Wow.
0: Wayne, I mean, what would you say to someone that's on the fence?
2: Believe it. It
0: works. Wow.
2: Just that simple.
0: Wow.
2: Awesome.
0: Now, the reason I share that with you is because giving is a principle of, the, of your spiritual life. And, uh, and it helps you grow. Remember, again, it's one of those things where I don't know why they talk about it, I ain't doing that. But once you step across the line and you get to move from, from hearing to doing, that's when the blessings come. Matter of fact, look what the Bible says in Proverbs 10 and 22. It says, the blessings of the Lord bring wealth, and he adds what? no trouble to it. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do before we uh, sing today is that you have this card. I'm going to ask you to take this card out and I'm going to ask you today to do nothing with it today. I want you to take it home and this is what I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you pray over this and your prayers would to be this, Dear God, Lord you lay on my heart what I can do to help ensure that we reach the next generation to ensure that our building becomes handicap accessible, to make sure that our young parents don't get wet when, and our senior adults get wet when they're trying to get out of the car because we're going to have a drive through all those. So you begin to ask yourself, God, what do you want me to do? That's it. You ask, what do you want me to do? Here's the second thing I want you to do. And I want you to say, God, would you just speak to others about what you want them to do as well? Speak to me about what you want me to do and speak to others. Now listen, pray for me, Rhonda and I. We made a we made a, a substantial commitment to this, but we sold our house and we downsized. And so now, we're, you know, as our one year, it's one year anniversary, we got another year. So we're praying now, God, do you want us to increase? And so I need God to speak to me about what we need to do. And so I, you, you, you pray, praise so God talked to talk to Pastor Jeff about what he's to do as well, because I want to I want to be obedient to God. And so, you know, I could say, okay, we're giving this. You go, wow, man, that's awesome. No, no, but if God wants more, wants more, I want to give it. Because your kids are more important to me than anything I could ever have. And my kids are important in the next generation. So I want you to carry on. That's all I'm asking you to do. Carry it home. You say, God, speak to me about what you want me to do. And God, speak to others about what you want them to do. If you do that, then that's all I'm asking because I know God. Listen, I ain't coming and talking to you. God's going to talk to you, right? All right. I want you to stand with me now. We're going to have a prayer together, and then we're going to sing our closing song. And By the way, if, you wanna, if you're new here and, and you're, you're not sure about this I will stuff, you want to know more about it, there's a booklet right back on the back wall back there that you can pick up on your way out. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much. We're people, Lord, that are moving off the sand and we're building our house on the rock. And God, we know that to, to grow, we have to change. we got to do something different than we've been doing. So God, I pray today as I've spoken your word, oh God, that your Holy Spirit reached out and touched lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, sing this with us. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message.